0: Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 15, week 15, volume 15, number 15. Big show on this week, lots in store. Got all the Mosh news, got some exciting Mosh reviews, and we sit down for a chat with Dan of Story of the Year. First up is the Mosh news, and some big exciting things in the Parkway Drive camp are brewing. They've of course got Reverence, their new album coming out in May and they dropped another single from it called Pray and it's definitely a song that I think is going to divide the camp but what a fucking song. I think this song shows exactly where this album's going to sit. It's an evolution of their sound. They're taking that mosh stadium feel that they had on their last album and they're taking it to the next level. Really, really enjoying this song. Been lucky enough to already hear the album before its release, and I've got to say, fucking immense. I can't wait to review it in the next week or so, and really delve in and discuss it in detail. That music video and all the details on Parkway Drive's new album can be found on our website and social medias. Other news this week was... Metalcore band The Agony Scene. Fuck yes, they are back after a 10-year hiatus. They have announced their new album will be called Tormentor and they released a first single from it. And fuck, it is good to have The Agony Scene back. I've always been a fan since I first heard their self-titled album. And then of course they released The Darkest Red, which I think is a very underrated classic in the dark toned metalcore genre i think this band were underappreciated and a missed opportunity for a lot of people when they were around but it's great they're coming back really good song too that was released as i've said a couple of times just here they're dark sounding it's very death metal tinged metal it's got lots of riffs lots of aggression lots of atmosphere going on here really excited for this album really excited to delve in and review it and get in deep with all of it. That single and that album news is all on our website and social medias for you to check out. We also had news of the new Skeleton Witch album will be called Devouring Radiant Light and will be coming out in July. They also released their first single Skeleton Witch are a fucking amazing band it's on that death metal melodic death metal thrash metal feel really excited that the guys have come back after a five-year wait there's been some things going on in the camp behind the scenes and they're finally ready to unleash a new album all the details regarding that album and the single are on our website and social media's we also this week got the first taste of the Devil Driver's Country Goes Metal album with a lyric video featuring Hank 3 and it's a bit weird. It, it For me, I don't quite know where I sit with it. It is definitely a Devil Driver sounding song. Lyrically, it's definitely country music but I hope this isn't the overall feel of the album because this song really didn't do too much for me. But being Devil Driver, I know they will pull through. Really hope they pull through with this album because it's something different. It is a bit of a risk, but Dez always does what he wants, and Dez doesn't give a fuck. So it'll be very interesting when that all comes out. We will, of course, delve into it as always. And that lyric video and any other details of the album are on our website and socials. Other news this week was Make Them Suffer have announced a fucking huge Australian tour. They'll be touring Australia through August with supports from Silent Planet, Oceans 8 Alaska and Thornhill. it will be starting off in Perth on the 11th of August and will be concluding in Adelaide on the 18th of August. Massive fucking tour. Big supports. Really good tour that I think Australians need to get out to. If you're not into Make Them Suffer, which I'll be surprised if you say you're not. There's definitely something there for everyone. Make sure you get a ticket. Make sure you support these kind of tours. Make sure you're showing not only Make Them Suffer, but these international bands that are on this lineup, that there is a live scene in Australia and that it is worth touring here. Tickets are on sale now through the Make Them Suffer website. We've got a link to it on our website and our social medias. Make sure you get down to one of those shows. And we also this week had a new music video from Emua for Iceman Confessions. We also had a new video or single, you might want to call it, from the Ingested Boys, which we will be reviewing their album later in the show. We also had a new music video from Black Dahlia Murder. All of those news articles are on our website and social medias. The website of course is www.themoshzone.com the social medias are all at the mosh zone we're on facebook instagram and twitter make sure you're liking following and subscribing to that website to stay update and keep in the loop with all the news as it develops we keep you in the know when we know it's now time for mosh reviews First up this week is the new album by Cancer Bats called The Spark That Moves, out now on Bat Skull Records. This album was an absolute jam-packed surprise. As we said last week, out of nowhere, Cancer Bats unexpectedly dropped a new album. As we said it's released on Bat Skull Records, but interestingly enough, that's their own label they have created. They have gone out with this album independently. Cancer Bats have always done things their own way and releasing this album suddenly is definitely in their style. It is their sixth studio album and instead of waiting around and dealing with singles and teaser trailers and all this lead up that bands normally do, they absolutely just slammed it into our face out of nowhere last Friday. This album is the follow-up to 2015's Searching for Zero. So we certainly have been waiting a few years and for a while there it didn't even look like we were going to get a new Cancer Bats. So it was a constant kind of thing of like, well, we haven't started recording, we're not really sure. Well, it turns out they spent the start of this year recording and bang, here we are, album number six, The Spark That Moves. Cancer Bats with this album went back to the same producer that's produced all their albums such as Hail Destroyer, but the process for this album, interestingly enough, for Cancer Bats was a different approach. The band recently has been kind of living separately. Drummer Mike is now living on the opposite side of Canada in Winnipeg. And the band have had to learn to write and process through an album in a different way than normal. They're not all in the same room. You'd think that might hold a band back and you think that might result in a struggling And difficult album but in actual fact I think it's actually molded them together and produced probably a better record than we ever thought we could have possibly got. Not once does this album not feel like they aren't firing on all cylinders. The band are definitely united, they definitely have a mission here and they definitely set out to destroy your eardrums. There is everything you expect with Cancer Bats here and more. There's breakneck mosh anthems, there's a blend of everything from punk to hardcore to sludgy metal to traditional metal and it never lets up in quality from the offset. Vocalist Liam has perfected this melodic growl that he's now able to do in stellar form. From the moment the the album kicks off with Gatekeeper, there's an exciting return as the band give it 400% with head-banging, delightful riffage and thundering drums. Immediately you know exactly what kind of form Cancer Mats are in and you know exactly what you're in for. It's a statement of intent and it's a sign of what's to come on this album. The band hit you with all of these styles and smash you around and say bring it on we're going for a ride these songs on this album also definitely you can see will translate perfectly into a live setting the live environment is made perfectly for these songs and that's one thing cancer bats do that a lot of bands don't have the ability to cancer bats not only have this energy that's infectious on CD but it's just as same if not bigger in a live setting an example of this is the song Brightest Day. That drum feel leads into frenetic vocals that's pounding the listener and then it breaks down into a sludgy, chundering guitar part. And this is Canterbat's way to remind you exactly why you love them, exactly why they do what they do so well. And just when you think, you've kind of felt you know exactly what you're getting. There's a song called We Run Free, and when that hits, it's one of the finest moments on this album, if not in their recent career. It's perfection in every aspect. It have has a feeling of black flag anthem. It has a feeling of energy that you get from bands whether they're not in the same style but bands like Foo Fighters it's relentless but it's got a radio anthem feel which is ironic because you wouldn't hear this on radio anyway it's got euphoric vocal hook white hot guitar solo and the song is destined to be in their live set the thing about the spark that moves that excites me the most is the way that it seesaws from the hardcore to the metal back and forth and this can encapsulate it on the song Space On Time, which sounds like you've got Metallica, Pantera, Every Time I Die, The Bronx, all mixed up, all delivered seamlessly. And it makes for good, fun music, and it blends so easily together. So you think all those styles coming together would end up being a bit mashy, a bit too much, or one would overpower the other. It doesn't. It just seamlessly fits together. By the time you reach the halfway point of this record, you're not in a doubt of the quality of the songs and the quality of this band. There are still big moments on this album even after the halfway point. Songs like Head Wound is a phenomenal way to show off vocalist Liam's vocals. They take different forms and shows complete versatility. You've then got songs like Fear Will Kill Us All, Which is Mike's time to shine on the drums and he just puts in one of the best performances you'll hear from a drummer in this hardcore punk style. It's jaw dropping and it's relentless. Another thing about this album is the unrelenting pace and quality. It constantly left me in awe that this is independently released. That this has been hidden in the background All the songs roll seamlessly into the next and they're all refreshing and stunning. I think the reason they're so refreshing and stunning is Cancer Bats have always transitioned differently from album to album. They started out very hardcore punkish on their first few. Then they went into a traditional metal tinged sound. Then they went into the sludgy sound on their last album. And this one has come back to that hardcore punk roots and feels... Just as good as anything else they've done. This band, Cantermats, are a four piece, as we know, and the way they've come together and worked out this record is impressive and is really setting a benchmark for the rest of this genre and the rest of this scene to pay attention to. The band know their craft, they know how to write great songs, great riffs, great melodic hooks. And this album, while as forensic as it can be, is also probably the most melodic we have heard. And when you say melodic, I'm not talking as in the melodic styles of Killswitch. I'm talking as in the hardcore melodics that this band can pull off. When I say this album is perfect, don't take that as an understatement. I think very little on this album that you can say is bad In fact, I can't find anything negative on this album. This album is for fans of Cancer Bats. It's for fans of the Bronx. It's for fans of Every Time I Die. It's for fans of Alexis on Fire. This is for fans of the chugging, sludgy riffs. This is for fans of the frenetic, hardcore, fun vibes in music. This is for fans of the underground... For fans of hardcore, for fans of punk, for fans of metal, for fans of sludge. Cancer bats have without a doubt gone their own way on this album and have not only done that, but they've shown that they're one of, without the doubt, top artists in this game. They're becoming a band that know all the trades and are masters at it. Highly, highly recommend this album. This album we are talking about is The Spark That Moves by Cancer Bats. It is out now and we give it a 10 out of 10. Next album up for review is the new album by Ingested called The Level Above Human out now on Unique Leader Records. Ingested are from Manchester UK and they play slam death metal at its finest. They have an ability to unleash an onslaught of misery and devastation throughout each song, massive chugging guitars, insane blast beats and these guttural vocals that go on on this album are some of the finest you're going to hear in not only the slamming death metal styles but in death metal itself. This album, The Level Above Human... ...is an excellent achievement for this band, showcasing their supreme mastery in crafting some fucking violent-as-fuck music. Vocalist Jay Evans keeps a constant blend of guttural growls and high-pitched shrieks. The balance of the two styles, along with slight instrumentation variations aids in bringing a very unique flavor to each song. Each song can sound to an outsider too similar, but with all of these things going on that I mentioned, it gives everything a unique tinge. Tracks like Sovereign unleash an absolute massive bombardment of booming bass, thunderous drumming, and then there's an overwhelming tension of instrumentation created by the guitar works. The track weaves in and out of tempos. It has moments that feel like it's just going to fall off the tracks and speed away uncontrollably, but then suddenly it slows down and has murky, heavy, gloomy chugs going on. Songs like *Invidious* introduce vibrancy into the material the tone of the track really plays on a lighter feel don't mistake lighter feel as a way of saying it's pretty it's just a little bit more delicate and it definitely isn't delicate in a happy way the band still gives a relentless beatdown in this track the guitar work shifts from dense rhythm feelings to thrashing frenetic pedal to the metal moments other songs like misery Leech give you a mix of inflections from the guitars and vocals there's a great absolutely phenomenal moment of shrieking to growls going on here and as that's going on it's going from thrashy to lighter moments in the guitars slam death metal is something that unless you're into it i don't think you're going to understand it I think it's something that everyone can get into. I think you just have to give it time. Yes, Slam Death Metal has very much a formula to it and very much you know what you're going to get. But Ingested, instead of very much having a straightforward approach with a very mindless structure to it, They've gone for a lot of technicality. They've gone for a lot of changing the flow and helping it sound fresh and unique and new. Even though it is a slam album, you still won't find a lot of repetition. You won't get bored. For the most part of this album, there's an even distribution of blast beats, chugs and rhythm and melody. There is a lot going on here. Songs like Last Rites takes on a drastically different direction than I'm talking about here. Instead of flying out with the typical speedy work, the tempo is scaled right the fuck back and the guitar work is lingering in a somber, moody fashion. Dense chugging eventually brings in a full swing frenetic pace. The track shines and shows off the whole band outstandingly. This band exude so much energy, such an angry, chaotic, savage vibe. This is murderous music. This is pure death metal slamming through your headphones, and each track has a rage that can't be caged. For those who already love Ingested or know who Ingested are, you're going to fucking love this. If you're in the mood for finding some new death metal that has that slamming beatdown feel, this is a great place to start. Ingested have without a doubt produced one of the finest albums you will hear in this slamming death metal. I would even go as far to say as they're the kings of this slamming death metal The next step for this band might lie in going for a bit more of an experimental sound shifting away from slam but at the moment what we've got is an absolute crowning moment in this band's discography being their fourth album it is an amazing moment very excited to see how this is received and to see if this band gets the attention especially in australia that they deserve Australia seems to keep ignoring bands like this in Australia we don't seem to even know what this style is that is very big in America and very big in Europe this is for fans of slamming death metal this is for fans of death metal this is for fans of taking a vicious beatdown this is for fans of murderous fucking savage music This is definitely a must hear. This album we are talking about is the Level Above Human by Ingested out now on Unique Leader Records and we give it an 8 out of 10. Last album up for review this week is the new album by British Boys Shields called Life in Exile out now on Long Branch Records. The style or genre we call metalcore seems to be in the middle of a revival or a refreshing moment. The genre that we do call metalcore has been somewhat repetitive and bland over the last couple of years with a few bands standing out from the rest. But bands are now trying to find new approaches to it, making their own spin on it while still approaching the roots with an element of respect. There are bands that are incorporating the gent style, like Polaris from Australia. There's bands that are incorporating the thrash style, like Bleed From Within from Glasgow. And then, of course, you've got the heavyweights and the legends of the game, like Parkway Drive, Killswitch and Trivium. All of these bands are finding a way to still make the genre seem fresh and appropriate. This brings us to London based act Shields who unfortunately and tragically went through some hard times and difficult moments earlier this year. Their guitarist George Christie committed suicide in January and thinking that this band have still been able to not only keep going but release their debut full length is an amazing achievement in itself. Shields have been making a name for themselves and raising eyebrows with two EPs already under their belt. They released one in 2013 and one in 2015. Now's the time for their full length and Life in Exile is that full length album. It's now that time for Shields to take hold of that momentum and those people that are saying that they're one of the future big bands and really push forward. From the offset, Shields are definitely showing they're not taking any prisoners and they're definitely not lacking in any confidence. Introductional track intimacy really paints a picture that this band has a lot of musical talent and momentum going for themselves. Almost immediately there is a mass awash of noise and there's almost a full minute breakdown of carnage That's boasting big chunky gent influenced riffs. That is mished in with some aggressive in your face yelling vocals. The mix on this is very crisp. Allowing all the sounds to really levitate. This opening introduction really perfectly bleeds into the lead single Black Dog. Which has a carnage and no hesitation going on this is very much a perfect example of what shields have in their arsenal it's got aggression it's got pace it's got energy it's got technicality it's got melodic moments as well and there's very much a message being yelled at and sung at through this entire album As we said uh, in the opening, Metalcore is going through an interesting time and in this period of this band, you can tell where this band sits. They sit perfectly in that Wage War Polaris middle ground. There is gnarly, genty compositions that are very much in with the passionate anthemic passages that have got a lot of melody and it's very well rounded and it's very well done. The guitar work seems to be very stellar, very outstanding. In the heaviest sections, it's very crisp, genty-sounding tones that have massive grooves. Then there's a sense of space and ambience going on in those big, passionate, emotive choruses. There is a lot of talent in this band. However there is a lot of shortcomings one of those examples is the length of this album I think they're expecting too much of the listener 12 songs on your first album feels a bit too stretched I feel like the final product could have done with some trimming there's a bit too much expected they're pushing themselves just that little bit too much there is some big gent infused breakdowns as I've said but unfortunately, these moments after 12 times of hearing it starts coming a bit repetitive. It feels a bit overused. This style, while well adopted by other bands from England like Loathe, it feels like Shields haven't quite grasped it 100%. Lyrically, it also seems a bit regurgitated unfortunately there is an approach here that is at times a bit cringy when you've got a song like it's killing me and they're using that horrible turn of phrase that says they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger Ugh, it made me cringe it made me not feel comfortable i Don't find this creative. I find this very pandering and very boring. While the album has a lot of passion, unfortunately it does feel generic. And this is quite disappointing to say for a band that has so much hype and so much belief behind them. Unfortunately, the cathartic feel they've gone for, while you applaud, it does start to wear thin. We do know, being your debut release and being an up-and-coming band, you're not going to expect, quite often, a flawless piece of work. But I think the expectation we had was it would be. It is a stellar job. They have done very well. It is definitely aggressive in parts, and it's definitely melodic in other parts. Very big production. Very punchy production. But ultimately... The lack of creativity in certain areas really lets it down. Contemporary metalcore, as we're kind of calling it, has been graced by another name on the scene. This band will get quite a bit of attention from those that do enjoy this. But it feels very cookie cutter and it feels very samey. I think Shields need to reassess where they're going on their next release. They need to change things up. Maybe get rid of the clean vocals. I really think clean vocals are overused quite often on this album and I think maybe they should draw it back. Go for more of an as-a-lay dying feel where you throw in choruses every now and then. You don't have to have it on every fucking song. Have it on every second or third song. Make it something that stands out instead of something that becomes expected. S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Life in Exile is for fans of metalcore, it is for fans of Polaris, it is for fans of Loathe, it is for fans of Trivium, it is for fans of the beauty and beast style of metalcore, it is fans for that genty riff style of metalcore. The album again we are talking about is Life in Exile, it is by S.H.I.E.L.D. and we do give it a 5 out of 10. So that's it for Mosh Reviews this week. Done and dusted. What did you think? Do you agree with our reviews? Do you disagree with the reviews? Are any of those albums are you loving or are you hating one of those albums we reviewed? Get in touch. Let us know. We'd love some feedback. We'd love to open some dialogue. Also, is there something that's come out that we've missed is there an album or an EP that has passed under our radar? Let us know. Are you in a band and you've got an album or EP coming out? Let us know. Get in touch. Of course, if you want to get in touch, you can get in touch through the email, which is themoshzone@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can get in touch through the website, www.themoshzone.com or You can get in touch by sending us a message or an inbox through the social medias. They're all at The Mosh Zone and we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Coming up now, I got the opportunity to sit down with lead vocalist of Story of the Year, Dan. It was a great chance to get to know a little bit about him, about the band, the reasons why they stepped away for a while and the reasons why they're back. That chat with Dan is coming up now. So let's start off with um, what brought you to the heavy style of music like at a at a young age or whatever age you were what bands or artists were the ones that made you like the guitar driven music
1: Um uh, I don't, I don't know I'm I, I was kind of I was an only, I'm an only child so uh I was, I was always just really into music when I was a kid um it, I it was like kind of late 80s, early 90s, it kind of started with, like, Guns N' Roses, and like, uh, Motley Crue, Skid Row. Um, those are still some of my favorite bands ever, but uh, but I think it really uh, started more in, like, the, you know, earlier 90s when, like, Nirvana came out. Um, Nirvana was, like, my favorite band of all time, and I was like, I can actually probably play that on guitar, you know? So it was, um, I don't know, I always liked, you know, the the sound of, loud guitars and people yelling at you and <laughs> expressing emotion over that loud guitar. So, you know, there's something magical about that. And, uh, it's just connected with me. I don't, I don't know exactly why, but it works somehow.
0: So you played, you so you said that you played guitar first. You, did you, yeah. Were you um, in I, bands? I,
1: I, yeah, I started out as a guitar player. I probably started playing guitar when I was like 11 or 12. And, uh, you know, guitar playing and singing. It was always just a means to be able to sing something, but I liked to play the guitar as well. Um, yeah, a uh, bunch of bands, you know, over the years, local bands, and figuring out, you know, who who liked the same stuff as, as me. Um, I met Ryan and Josh, like, in like 1995, probably, and we, we had a couple different bands together and played shows with each other in different bands. Um, before we ever, you know, before we got the line up right and actually, you know, formed this band. But, uh, yeah, we, we've uh, we've been playing music together for some, in some way or another for over 20 years now. It's crazy. But, yeah, we had like, a couple different bands. Me and Ryan had a band called 67 North that was basically Rage Against the Machine. Like, we just totally wanted to be Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> um, and we would just cover Rage songs and just, you know, do that kind of stuff. But, uh, and then we, uh, then we started Big Blue Monkey, which later turned into Story of the Year. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was a drummer for a little while as well. It was really weird. I just kind of played whatever instrument people needed me to play. <laughs> but really the whole time I just wanted to be a singer. So eventually I was like, yeah, I'm sick of Logan Gear. I'm just going to start singing and run around on stage. It's way really more fun.
0: So with, um, Story of the Year, it really, I mean, from, uh, probably an Australian standpoint, but probably also the rest of the world. You guys had been going at it for a bit, but your major label debut, Page Avenue, really burst you guys onto the scene. And out of nowhere, you guys became a big name. Now, at the time, was there a lot of pressure all of a sudden because you guys from nowhere became a household name in the heavy scene? Did you guys feel pressure and expectations to maintain that? through
1: your whole career um yeah it was pretty crazy you know we got signed to maverick records in 2002 and then yeah page avenue came out in 2003 so which is weird that was 15 years ago but um yeah it 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 took off rather quickly you know once we started getting picked up at radio i mean we had been touring on the record for like a year you know we toured for like six months before the record even came out like just doing a whole bunch of pre- preparation for the record to come out. And then, you know, another six months or so went by before radio actually started picking up until the day I die. But, yeah, after that, it was just insanity and just uh, nonstop touring. You know, we toured for, like, seven or eight years straight where we were home for, like, maybe a week or two, like, every six months. Like, it was just insane. And, uh yeah, I don't think we ever had time to, like, kind of reflect on how crazy things were! We were just playing shows, and they got bigger and bigger, but it was just all about playing every day and making sure we put every bit of energy into every show we played. And I don't think it until like until we slowed down, you know, and kind of took a break and looked back, it was like, wow, that was that was a crazy ten-year period of my life. That yeah, once you get away from it, then you can kind of reflect and see how insane it really was, but. Um, yeah, I I don't know the pressure thing. Yeah, there's there's always pressure to you know uh, try to maintain some level of success and all that. But for us musically, it was never that was never a question. We always just kind of did exactly what we wanted. And uh, of course, you know there was influences and reasons you know to do certain things. But um, our, our songwriting standpoint has always been kind of pure of just like we we do what we want and we want to make a record that we love. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's a crazy uh, life to crazy career to choose, and, and it's it's complicated.
0: Well, you guys definitely, as you said, you don't seem to um, go by any rules, if that's a way of putting it, because each album is very independent on its own sounding. I mean, there is story of the year throughout, but you guys have always yeah. changed your direction. You know, you went a bit heavier on the second album in the wake of Determination, and then, you know, you've gone a bit experimental and all of that. It, was there ever a moment where, through an album, if it wasn't getting received well, did you guys go, well, maybe that wasn't the right step, or did you just stick to your guns and go, that's the way it needs to be? Um, I'd say probably a
1: little bit of both, you know. Yeah, uh, we are never scared to try weird stuff, and, you know, we have songs that are super fast and screamy, and then we have, you know, super quiet, lovey-dovey songs, but we we kind of span quite a, a genre, you know, we, we kind of go all over the place all the time, so, um, yeah, and we'll try things every once in a while, and then maybe a year later, you listen back and you're like, eh, I don't know why, what we were thinking, why did we even try that, that was kind of dumb, but, um... And yeah, and then especially you can tell whether or not the people like it or not. You know, when you start playing songs live you get a different feel for, you know, what was a good idea and what wasn't. But um yeah, you, you never know. There's, you can't predict the future, you can't <laughs> you can't figure out what's gonna be cool and what people are gonna like. So really the only thing you can ever do is just just make sure you like what you're doing and you know you're doing it for the right reason and that's kind of always just been our motto, just let's let's make stuff for for ourselves that we love. And then if you believe in it, people are going to like it as much as you, you know? And uh, yeah, especially on this new record, it was definitely just a, I want to make a record for, for myself that I love and hopefully people will like it too. And, you know, I think it's kind of working. Same.
0: Yeah, well, Wolves, um, as you mentioned, the new album seems to be seems to be a perfect amalgamation of everything that you guys have done in the past. But before I really delve into that album, you guys, it felt like out of nowhere, it just stopped. And as you said, that's around the time you probably started reflecting. What was the reason yeah. for slowing down and going on a self-imposed hiatus? Was it time to just enjoy some life instead of touring all the time or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, like I
1: said, it was, like eight or what year did that come out? 2010 with the constant. So we have been touring for like eight years straight, you know, just crazy touring, not hardly any time off. And uh, I think we were kind of just a little lost by that point. We were like, man, we need to just get away from each other for a little bit. And it wasn't like, we never did it on purpose. I think we just weren't inspired at the moment to start writing another record. And, you know, we just knew that we needed some time off to, Focus and figure out what what direction we need to go. I, I don't think we planned on that being a seven year period where you know before we would make another record, but that's just kind of how long it took to get the mindset to where wow, okay, now I'm ready to actually write some songs and now I believe in what we're doing. And yeah, sometimes you got to step away in order to get that energy back and get the you know the right vibe and the right reason to do it again. And yeah, it was a perfect perfect storm whenever we finally got back into writing new songs and so much new experiences experiences had happened in that seven years um you know everybody for the most part everybody had kids and everybody became more of like adults i guess <laughs> but uh you know there was so much so much more of life to, to uh talk about and so much more stuff that had gone on it, it was just I felt really inspired finally to actually, lyrically, to, to write some new stuff. And sometimes you just got to go away for a little while, I guess. I don't
0: know. And in that time, everyone kind of went off and did their own things musically as well. Um, you had your own pretty entertaining side thing going on. Mm. The Fuck Off and Dies. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah. Um, one, of yeah the, everybody one of the most entertaining, we all wanted...
0: entertaining names I think I've ever heard for a band.
1: Yeah, we, uh, everybody wanted to try some different stuff and just, you know, we've been doing the same thing for so long that it's like everybody had other ideas and other bands they wanted to try and just dumb stuff and yeah, that was just the opposite of of Story of the Year to me. I was like, let's start a punk rock band and have like just the most ridiculous name (laughs) and, uh, have no expectations and just have fun and we still, we still play, you know, around in in the St. Louis area and, and around the Midwest here but, uh, yeah, that's just totally just for
0: fun. that just a good time
1: and Yeah, we have we uh it's a different
0: show the story of the year. <laughs> it's entertaining. Well yeah. both both are entertaining. Yeah. So now yeah, with uh, I mean, with this new album, Wolves, how did you guys cause as you said, you know, it just kind of happened the amount of time coming um time off. How did you guys decide to not only get back in a room together? but actually start writing music again. How did that process actually happen? Was it organically, or was it just kind of someone said, hey, why don't we write a new song?
1: Um, it it was, well, Ryan, our guitar player, he, he was writing, uh, you know, song ideas the whole time, and he would send me stuff every once in a while. That's usually kind of our writing process, is he'll demo something up musically, send it to me, and then I'll... Uh, go through stuff and come up with vocal ideas, record that, send it back. And then we had done that with a bunch of stuff. And, uh, but it just, you know, a lot of it was just not really there yet. And then, uh, I remember the moment, uh, or like the real turning point was he sent bang, bang over the demo for that, just music. And I was like, I wrote that chorus like really fast. It just happened like very, very naturally. And I was like, cool, that's a really cool chorus. And I recorded it all, sent it back and everybody was like, whoa, that sounds like a story of the year song. Like that's, that's the future of story of the year right there. And at that point we were like, cool, maybe it's time to start writing and really focusing. And, um, yeah, Ryan probably sent me 50 demos in the process of making this record. And, uh, you know, some of them turned out really cool. Some of them were really not that awesome. So, uh, once we finally, you know, got going in the right direction, we focused and, uh, narrowed some stuff down and yeah, it, it, there was no like, we never weren't planning on making a record. It just took that that one song to be like, oh, well, that's really cool. We should we should kind of stick with that direction and just keep writing and let's actually do this. It was weird, and then it happens.
0: And with that, with wolves, it seems to have really not only brought in the old fans back, but a whole new batch of fans. Was it, is it quite surprising how well it's been taken because? It's It would be rewarding because for you guys because of the time you went away that you're still in a way without it sounding um, cliche, but you're still relevant to people.
1: yeah yeah that, that, that was you know a welcome surprise because you know we didn't know what what was going to happen, especially doing the, the crowdfunding the pledge music site. Um, we put that up and we were like, I hope people. I hope somebody cares and really wants to help us make this record. And, you know, within two days we hit our, our goal of, you know, whatever. And it went up to like 350% of the thing got funded. But, um, so yeah, that was like, whoa, okay. People really do want to hear a new record and, you know, let's really focus on making something awesome now. Uh, yeah. Cause we didn't know it after seven years, uh, we didn't know if people still cared if people wanted to hear new stuff or, you know, what we needed to be doing. So, um, and, the, the, the new record, Wolf, is a, different for us. You know, we tried a lot of new stuff, and I didn't know for sure if people were going to love it or hate it. I knew that the songs were good, and I and I, I love it, you know. But you, you never know how people are going to receive it. So, yeah, um, I'm, I think it's doing well, and we're really digging it, and that's quite quite the awesome surprise whenever you put something out after that long, and that's all you can hope. Just like, man, I, I hope people like it. I have no idea. You never
0: know. I think the new sounds um, that you've put in and injected makes you guys sound fresh, to be honest. Just on a on a side note, um, yeah. Now that
1: was that was that was kind of the goal. It was like keep the old story of the year sound, but yeah, keep it, make it uh, a new, rejuvenated story yeah. of the year. And yeah, it's I think surprising. We, bal- I think we balanced it pretty well.
0: Now, being as as he said, I mean, what nearly fifteen years since, or it is fifteen years since Page Avenue. You've seen you've seen a lot come and go in the music scene, um, including things like MySpace, you know, now with all of the Spotify things, where do you see the scene um, in a positive light now? Or do you think we've kind of not quite going in the right direction? Where do you see the heavy scene at the moment?
1: Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I, it's, uh, yeah, we've done so much crazy, like, the the, the, scene, the music business in general has changed so much in 15 years um, as far as, like, we got signed to a major label in 2002, and then we signed to Epitaph five years later, and then now we're doing it completely independent. And it's just—it's a whole different world now. You know, we can uh, put—we uh, can just directly put our stuff onto iTunes and Spotify, and, and the whole world can— you know, access that immediately. It's just a crazy, crazy change from 15 years ago, whenever you had to go to the store and physically buy a CD, and that was the only way you could hear it. You know, it's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't know uh, the scene. You know, I don't know what what's going on in, in music anymore, because there's so much music. You can You get bombarded with millions of different bands and artists, and Uh, you have access to everything now so i don't know if there are really scenes anymore i think it's just everybody listens to so much different music now that it's it's like you can always still kind of be relevant because scenes don't really go away anymore it's like oh cool well that's that band that i used to like oh cool they're still a band awesome i'm gonna listen to them it's it's crazy yeah it's it's changed so much that i i don't even know i just go with the flow and just like what i like and you yeah, play music. That's
0: all you can do. Now you inter- you said something interesting there about not being on a label. What is the what is the future now of Story of the Year? Now you've you've got such a stellar new album behind you with Wolves. Is it? I mean, you are coming to Australia very soon. So is it going to be touring for a while, or is it going to be tour when you want? I mean, what it, what's now now that you've had that whole experience of touring nonstop? And the pressure of constantly on the go is it now kind of do it your way in a way
1: yeah we're 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 definitely doing it like on a scaled down uh basis now. We're just doing you know the stuff that we want to do that's you know actually going to be good shows. We're not getting in a van and doing six months uh and hitting every single city in every country that we can. We're just uh, going to the places that we that we know are going to be great, and well, I mean, we want to play as many shows as possible. But um, like I said, we're all like family guys now. We all we don't want to be gone for you know ten months out of the year. So uh, we're just doing flyout stuff here and there. We're doing Australia. will be like you know a week and a half, and then we'll be back, and then we won't do anything for a month or so. Um, yeah, and then we're just kind of just going with the flow and doing. Touring on our own terms right now, yeah. We're not going to get too crazy, but but we want to get out and play these songs for as many people as we can. But we also have to balance that with with our other lives too. So now different. with
0: with the upcoming tour in Australia in May, are you guys going to be playing? I mean, it's going to be a hard lineup uh, or set list. Sorry for you guys, probably because are we going to get like a 50 50 balance or is it going to, because your diehard fans are going to be screaming out for songs like Anthem of our dying day and things like that. So what kind of set list can we expect?
1: Um, I'm not real sure, but we will definitely be playing all the old good songs, you know, and then we'll throw in a good portion of the new record as well. Um, but yeah, we, we always have to play the old, the old hits and, uh, yeah, I, I, it's probably going to be a pretty long set list, I would assume. Uh, what we've been doing has been like six or seven songs off the new record, and then like, you know, another 13 or 14 of, you know, old record songs,
0: Ooh, nice. which ends up
1: being quite the set list. <laughs> That's what we've been kind of doing is like somewhere around like 20 songs, which is crazy when you're running around and jumping off things. and... It's quite a tiring event, but but yeah, man, we want to we want to play everything. I want to play as much as we can, especially uh, you know when we're that far away from home. It's like it's not easy to get to Australia for us, so we want it to be you know the best, craziest, setlist we can. So oh, it's going to be awesome.
0: We're it's definitely excited show. for it. Now, before I let you go, yeah. Dan, I do um I do a segment called Pick Your Poison. So it's simply okay. I give you two options. And you say which of the two you prefer, so we get to know you a little okay. bit, little bit more. So we'll start off with uh, ho- hopefully an easy one: pizza or burger. Pizza. Oh, nice. Pizza. I, I can't. I'm um, I'm a sucker for pizza. I love it. Yeah, but what what's your favorite pizza? Um, oh
1: man, I don't know. I don't discriminate. I I, I get all weird with pizzas, like. Um don't tell love, me you put pineapple like, on it. Jalapenos pizza. and spicy. No, I'm I'm not a pineapple guy really. yeah. Oh. No. oh good. But good. I'll I'll do like I'll do, yeah, I'll do anything. I, I like all the veggies and I mean I I like a classic pepperoni pizza too, but I, I'll really eat any pizza.
0: Now, next food one or it's one of a couple of food ones, chicken or beef.
1: Oh man, that changes uh over time, but usually chicken. Nice. I, I eat a lot of more chicken than beef. I, I didn't eat a lot of beef for
0: years, but I've been get, I've been dabbling back in now. So I don't know. Now, would you rather chicken? Though. Would you rather cook at home or dine out?
1: Uh, I dine out because I'm kind of lazy and I'm not good at cooking,
0: <laughs> uh, and we're busy too much. So,
1: <laughs> but I would prefer to cook at home, but I don't really have the patience for it.
0: Are you a cat or dog guy? Dog. Nice dogs good, good answer um on <laughs> on the couch or in the cinema uh,
1: couch, I don't go to movies a whole lot. I used to, but no, I like to when I am off and have time to chill out, I like to just sit at home and
0: melt into the couch. <laughs> go to the beach or hit the slopes ooh,
1: um. I'm gonna have to say beach. Nice. I used to be a big snowboarder, but but yeah, that's it's a lot of work now. I'd rather go to the beach and hang out. Terminator. Which is good
0: in Australia. Terminator or Predator.
1: Oh man, uh, <laughs> oh, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Either way, uh, that's a hard one. Oh man, uh, I don't know. I cannot. I can't choose. Ooh. I think Terminator, I don't know. Predator I like more as a movie now, but Terminator 2 was so awesome. Oh, that's hard. That is hard.
0: So you're going to go Terminator, I think, aren't you? I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really bummed out about that. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Now, um, baseball or American football? Baseball. I
1: hate football. Ooh. American
0: football. Oh, wow. So I'm, not,
1: I'm not really into sports either way, but I do like baseball.
0: Oh, wow. So who's your baseball team, if you had to have one?
1: Uh, so the St. Louis Cardinals. That's We're a big baseball city here in St.
0: Louis. So. Oh, nice. Um, Slayer or Pantera? Ooh.
1: Uh, I'd say Pantera, although Slayer's awesome too, but... Cantera has, has always been a big influence on us, and uh, this dime bag alone, just Dimebag alone, best guitar player
0: ever. Mosh pit or up the back, enjoying the view.
1: Um, depends on my age, but now I'm in the back, usually sitting at the bar, drinking and <laughs> just watching. Yeah. yeah, keeping all the <laughs> bones the safe. Was, you know. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, I was right in the middle, right up in the front, but yeah, not
0: anymore c d or streaming
1: uh streaming oh i don't nice. uh, yeah it's weird for a guy like like me who came up in different in that time but yeah i I love the uh I love the technology I think it's awesome to be able to listen to anything right at the second you want to hear it
0: It's a great thing, and two more marvel or d c um I don't really know.
1: I'm not really a comic dude at all.
0: Well, Let's um, put it this way. Would you prefer Batman I, I, or the Avengers?
1: Uh, I think Avengers. Oh, okay. I think. I, I don't really know. If we're talking like movie, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, have, I have no preference. I really don't. It's weird.
0: Now, last one with this. Would you prefer to tour or would you prefer to keep recording? Ooh, uh,
1: 10 years ago I wanted to tour all the time and I hated recording but now recording is like my favorite thing so I would say recording I, I I'm just much more artistic now and uh, just love that process and uh, love to create stuff and yeah definitely recording now oh,
0: beautiful now before I let you go I'm just going to let everyone know that of course you guys are touring in May on our website we've got the ticketing information make sure you get a ticket um you guys of Caught you guys last time you were in Australia, and you do not disappoint. The energy in the show is unbelievable. Of course, also Wolves is out now. That's on all your online sources. I think is it in stores yeah. as well? Physical copies?
1: Um, it's in some stores, but probably not in Australia yet. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm not real sure, but we'll not um, not mostly now. We'll Just put a link.
0: Them. We'll put a link on our website for all of that as well, Dan. Thank you so much for taking the time out, dude. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for taking the time as well. And uh, excited to get down there and see you guys soon.
0: So that was my chat with Dan of Story of the Year. Thank you so much, Dan, for taking out the time for The Mosh Zone. Great chat, great opportunity for us to get to know a bit more about him and the band, of course. They are touring Australia this week coming up. They kick things off on the 1st of May in Perth. They then hit Brisbane on the 3rd of May. They hit Sydney on the 5th of May. And then they conclude the tour on the 6th of May in Melbourne. Make sure you get along to that. Make sure you grab yourself a ticket. It is surely to be a jam-packed, exciting show. Story of the Year, always put on a phenomenal live show. You don't want to miss it if you're a fan of the band. All of that information on that tour and tickets for that tour are on our website and social medias. Make sure you jump on there and grab yourself a fucking ticket. And that's it for episode 15. We are wrapped. We have got it in the can hope you enjoyed the show thank you for listening of course don't forget like subscribe and share this podcast help us spread the word help us get it out to more people as simple task as it seems with sharing can do a lot for the show and means the world we see all of the sharing we see all of this and for those that do share and do listen on a regular basis we're thankful so much for your support if you're a first time listener and you've just started getting into this thank you for tuning in we hope you tune in again also don't forget to like and follow our social medias which are all at the mosh zone of course we are on facebook instagram and twitter also don't forget to visit our website regularly and subscribe to our email notification for the website The website, of course, is www.themoshzone.com. Also, if you've got any questions, queries, feedback, anything else like that, do send us an email also. The email address is themoshzone at gmail.com. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch through any of those avenues, social medias, website or email. Send us some questions. Send us some feedback send us your music if it's coming out and you want us to review it get in touch we'd love to open up some dialogue with you listeners we really want to make this show not only our show but your show so the content is what you want it to be please get in touch don't be afraid to send us that message thank you again for tuning in to episode 15 of the mosh zone hope you had a great time listening i had a great time lots of fun putting it together We've got some great shows coming up. We've got some big albums on the way. We've got At The Gates coming. We've got Parkway Drive coming, just to name a few. We've got some great guests on the way. We've got Andrew of Comeback Kid. We also speak to some industry insiders. We speak to Graham of Resist Records. We also speak to Owen of Digital Beard Photography and Rock You Like a Hurricane podcast. We've got a lot of things going on. A lot of things ahead. Please make sure you're tuning in again. Thank you. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.